Hello again. As you may or may not know, I am Eli the Computer Guy, and INE has invited me down here to their Durham, North Carolina office to do interviews with uh, real networking professionals. Today I'm talking with Fred Farrell, Network and Infrastructure Engineer at TMW Systems. So thank you for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you are a Network and Infrastructure Engineer at TMW Systems. What, what does TMW Systems do? Well, we're a uh, logistics software company. And then I work in the uh, cloud services division mm -hmm. where we offer uh, hosting uh, for those clients that decide to host with us uh, instead of trying to do an on-prem solution. Okay, so what would that be similar to? Or the thing we were talking about before, is that like similar to like an AWS type of Absolutely. solution? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay. anything, you know, cloud hosting is uh, just a computer somewhere else. And yeah. uh, essentially that's what we do provide, but uh, our expertise and the level of infrastructure is what uh, would you know becomes affordable yeah. uh, for cl clients that want to have that type of protection and okay so like what kind of clients who would come to you like why would somebody choose you guys over over AWS or Azure or something like that um, I can proudly say uptime, uptime is right our right. forte uh, we had uh, ninety nine point nine nine four percent last year which really? is, which beats all of them. Oh, yeah. okay, interesting. So how many data centers do you guys have? So we're down here in the Raleigh, Durham, whatever triangle area. Is Do you just have one data center here? Are you an international? I have international? Uh, I have two here in the U.S. Uh, okay. One is here in Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, that's our main production site. And uh, my DR site is actually in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Really? Nashville? Yeah. Why would you pick Nashville? That's well, it was, uh, it was brought in because of another company that was acquired by TMW. Yeah. They already had assets there. So we decided as a company to uh, just swap uh, cabinets or space in, in those cabinets to be able to provide uh, our, you know, backup off-site. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, do you know what the reason was, like why you guys set up in this particular area originally? Is there some benefit to being around here? Well, the, uh, the company was local. So, yeah. the headquarters for TMW Systems is uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. And Ooh. yeah, okay. and they they acquired um, a smaller software company. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know the name. I wasn't part of it when they were acquired. Yeah. Uh, but at that time, um, there was some people within that group that were providing some type of uh, uh, cloud hosting. Okay. And it just continued to grow from there, but it's been going on for about seven years now. Oh, really? Yeah. So like how many, like to give an idea, like how, how many servers do you figure you guys have in your data center? Is it thousands or? Um, so we're completely virtual. Okay. Uh, so we have about a thousand VMs okay. with about 4,000 uh, end users that would uh, be on our infrastructure at any given point. Wow. And then uh, infrastructure size, we're actually, it's amazing how uh, small the footprint has gotten because we could probably fit it all in just two cabinets. <laughs> you can That's fit it all it. in two cabinets, really, yep. wow. Interesting, so, um, huh, wow. So then as a network and infrastructure engineer, then like what is, what's your kind of day-to-day -day job with them? What do you do? Well, first and foremost is make sure everything's up. So uh, yeah. make sure that uh, our monitoring is continually uh, reporting successfully and uh, and then uh, really focused on growth. Um, okay. We've been growing quite a bit as a team and uh, because of our business. Yeah. And uh, that's where most of my time is spent is looking at new technologies, uh, yeah. you know, different um, approaches to uh, uh, implementing infrastructure and, uh, you know, latest things, you know, we're evaluating ACI yeah. as, uh, as one of those yeah. new ones that we're going to be adding. So I see here, so you're, you're currently going for your CCIE and data center. Yes. 
So then, what's what's the benefit of CCI? So you've got you've actually got like seventeen certain. I mean, they're ridiculous how many certifications you've got. Uh, CCDP, CCNP, CCDA, VMware, the whole nine yards. So what's what's the benefit or what what's the attraction to the CCIE for data center? Like why not MCSE or any of the other thousand certifications you could go for? Yeah. So I am uh, I've t decided to take the track of the networking side of things. Yeah. And um, I, in my data center, I have uh, Cisco UCS and I have Cisco Nexus okay. uh, technologies. And those are covered uh, at probably the highest level, I would say, with that uh, CCIE data center. And that's the, I wanna be that you know, expert with those technologies. And that's why I'm pursuing that certification. Yeah, okay, that's cool. So how long, how long have you been trying for the CCIE then? Um, I'm, so I, there's two parts to it. I've got the written and I have the lab. Uh, the written, I've been, I've been working on quite a bit of the lab stuff yeah. to get more understanding of uh, the protocols that I need to understand uh, for the written. Okay, yeah. um, but I'd say about six months. Six months, yeah. okay. So that's, so how, how long have you been doing Cisco in total? Like since you got your first CCNA, how long has that been? Not very long, probably really? about three years. Three years? Yeah. You guys must just be smart around here, because I swear, like until until today, I had always I thought CCI was like a five-year thing. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I guess you guys are just running through it a lot quicker down here. I think uh, the uh, training resources that are available today yeah, yeah. make a huge difference. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting. So we go back and we look at your certification. So again, you've got like 17 certifications here and all kinds of stuff. But one of the curious things is, so you've got your CCNA and your CCDA, the Design Associate, uh, CCNP and CCDP, Design Professional. I had always thought with, between the NAs and the DAs and whatever, I thought you kind of went for one or the other. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about that or why did you go for both? Um, I, they're both completely different. Uh, oh, I would okay. say that the NP is more focused on uh, the troubleshooting aspect of yeah. uh, the hardware. And okay. then the DA or the DP is uh, focused on the actual design. And there's a lot, it's a lot broader uh, because they, they bring in uh, the whole gambit of the Cisco technologies. It could be the mm. collaboration side, data yeah. center, um, the WAN side of things. So, it, it, But you don't get into it at an um, extremely technical level as far as having to troubleshoot it. But it's important to be aware yeah. you know, of all those technologies. Now, going for your CCIE, now I know like with the CCNA, CCNPs and all that, you can have specializations. Have you thought about the specialization, wireless and security mm -hmm. and that? Have you thought about that or you just want to go straight for the CCIE? Is there a benefit between the... Well, the CCIE, uh, they have the different um, focuses, yeah. um, but security is definitely another one that it, it's, I think it's in everybody's uh, job description now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's probably something that I'll, I'll also take a look at. Would you go for, because the last person we interviewed was talking about some people have like three and four CCIEs. Would you go oh, for okay. multiple CCIEs? Uh, it, it's, it is tempting, but yeah, um, I think when, when the time comes yeah. after I, I finish up, uh, it's going to be a decision of what is the technology that I want to focus on and let that be the driver yeah. to what I would go after, not just another CCIE. Yeah. So with your job and all that, again, one of the questions, so one of the questions that always comes up is, so, so you have to recertify every two years. And the question mm -hmm. is, do you recertify or not? Do you figure that you would every two years or is it once you get your CCIE, you're good? 
I don't know um, no. because I don't have it and I won't, um, <laughs> you know, speculate. Uh, I've, I've read some interesting articles that uh, guys that they do talk about whether they should uh, renew it or not. Yeah. Um, it, my opinion today would be yes to keep it. Okay. Um, and only because of the amount of energy that you spent just getting to the point where you get it. Yeah. Uh, why would you, you know, not just put a little bit more time in to maintain it? I guess this would be my mindset. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. So then you started, let's see, with technology then. So did you, so you started in the Marine Corps back in the 90s. Did you actually do technology in the Marines? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not, really. Okay. Uh, but I did do troubleshooting, and huh. I think that is actually one of the uh, really base skill sets yeah. uh, that you got to have in technology. Uh, but I was a heavy equipment and a boat mechanic really? in the Marines. Yeah. What, uh, what got you into technology? Like, then how did you, how did you shift from that to technology or from to like the IT technology world? Well, um, there's a couple things. Uh, one, my brother was already in uh, technology. He was actually uh, working with a consulting company and uh, doing well for himself. And uh, he's a couple years younger than me. Yeah. So that uh, opened my eyes up uh, for it. And, um, and then I was actually, uh, you know, when I was on uh, active duty, I got, uh, I got out and got recalled Mm. Uh, after about three months. Well, I did about another year. Yeah. And when I got out of there, um, I actually went and worked as a diesel mechanic uh, with a friend of mine at a company hmm. he had joined up in Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, there was, it was only my second week there. Yeah. And uh, we were changing out a uh, rear differential in a garbage truck. And it was <laughs> just laying underneath <laughs> that thing at uh, almost midnight yeah. uh, doing that work. Uh, definitely, that's the moment I go back to yeah. And uh, and you know appreciate and you know um, helps me continue my my focus on my my new career. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So did you have any issues? Because I mean I know I have a lot of uh, people that are in the military transitioning out of the military, and there can be a lot of issues with transitioning out of the military. I mean the military mm -hmm. is its own world. It really is almost an entire world, and you come out to the civilian world. Did you find anything that like helped you transition to the civilian world? Were there any weird I don't know, weird things that you ran into you didn't expect, or is there anything? Um, my biggest uh, asset in making that transition was yeah. uh, definitely mentorship. Hmm. Um, okay. I, I had, uh, when I got out, I was very fortunate to work uh, for a uh, retired Sergeant Major. He had right. actually just retired himself, and right. um, it, you know, there, there are things that we do in the military, and we have certain mindsets, and, yeah. and you know, this is, I don't know, eight, nine years ago that I was uh, doing it. So definitely, I would say young, yeah. and, uh, you know, also having to contend with that and just not having the experience. So, you know, being able to talk with him about, and certainly others, about, uh, you know, different challenges that I may see, um, it became very triple. Yeah. So. Yeah. so then, how did you get your first job? So is it network? administrator at the Roger Bacon Academy it is yeah. so how did you how did you get that job so so you're so you're a you're a marine mechanic mm -hmm. okay so how do you go from that to the network administrator well at the time I was uh, still on uh, active duty orders uh, oh. on Lejeune and they had a job fair oh, and okay, uh, yeah. that's where I met uh, my new boss <laughs> <laughs> really okay. yes so did you have any certifications or anything at that I time? didn't have anything at all um, I think a big part of uh, me coming on board uh, in that capacity, uh, it was there was also things outside of network administration. Oh, so yeah. uh, they, it was a brand new school that was being built from the ground up, and mm -hmm. uh, they just needed some good leadership 
uh, to be able to uh, to help manage uh, the the new employees and nice. the parents and everything mm -hmm. else uh, that was coming along with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that's when I definitely took my opportunity uh, to get my first certification while I was there, and that was the the Network Plus. The Network Plus. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then you went from there, so because you were there well, almost two years, I guess. And then, so how did you hop from there to the, your next job then? What was, what was the thing? Did they offer you more money? Did you get poached? How did that work? No, um, I had pretty much um, reached the, uh, the potential that I saw with that position. Yeah. And, uh, and I was ready to move on to yeah. the next step. Yeah. Do you just put out resumes then on monster.com or something? Or? Um, in this case, my next job uh, was the company my brother had actually worked for previously. Oh, and, okay. uh, and so I already had a connection there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the owner is actually a uh, Marine Corps uh, colonel uh, in, the, in the reserves. Oh, okay. Yeah. So especially like one problem that people have is when they, when they get their first job and they feel like they've been helped out with their first job, like leaving can be really hard. You get this whole mm -hmm. question of loyalty. Yeah. Did you run into that issue at all, leaving your first job? Or did, did everybody know what was happening and it was no big deal? I think it's, I, there's, it definitely comes across my mind, yeah. um, you know, and that's, I have outstanding relationships with uh, all my previous bosses. And, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, you, you get to keep that by having honest conversation with them. Yeah. And, uh, and when they recognize that, you know, most of them will say that, hey, we expect you to move on. <laughs> yeah, okay. So when do you, when do you think is a good time to start bringing up that, that the idea that you're moving on, you might be moving on? Is it like a couple of months beforehand or... Well, um, I would say that if, if you reach that, uh, that plateau with your existing position, yeah. don't wait because, you know, the, the clock's ticking. Okay. And um, it's, uh, if, you're, um, if your skill set, if you have an opportunity to get into a position where they are, you may not have the complete skill set, but yeah. they are in a need to have somebody in that position. Yeah. Um, it's a good opportunity to, to have a conversation, go and do an interview, That's and see, see what happens. Oh, interesting, yeah. interesting. So you go from that, and then you go to the senior network engineer then at Future Data. So what did they do? What were you doing there? Uh, it's another consulting company. Oh, another and company. Uh, and yeah. I've you know, done quite a few consulting companies, but yeah. The beauty of it is, is that you get to work on many different networks at, yeah, yeah. At, you know, throughout the day. Okay. And that gives you a lot of experience across uh, different architectures and, yeah. and different uh, vendors. So then what got you, okay, so, you're at, so, so you got your, your net plus way back when. But how do you go from your net plus to 17 certifications? Like when did that, when did that get, come through your head? Like when did you start trying to do so many certifications? Yeah, well, uh, you get there by doing one at a time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and staying focused on that. Uh, but my, uh, the second company um, that I work for, yeah. uh, Carolina's IT, they, uh, they had such a great culture when it comes to uh, the guys wanting to get certified and wanting to learn. Oh, okay. um, I have never seen that anywhere else. And I'd actually, uh, Mark Cavallero, the owner, um, he, I just commented it to him uh, last week on LinkedIn yeah, when yeah. he had made a post uh, about how great that culture was. Really? Yeah. So like, so how, I mean, how long does it take you to get like one of these certifications then? Is it like every month or every two months or something? I mean, do you just... It gets easier, I think, yeah. as you do them. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the Net Plus is I don't want to discount it, but it is basic material, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know. But it did take long. I think it took me almost six months to get it. Okay, um, but yeah. I was fortunate; I passed it uh, on the first try. 
Okay. Yeah. My first Microsoft test, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that one uh, three times it took yeah. me, yeah. and uh, some of it's uh, understanding, you know, the kind of the format of the test uh, yeah. and what kind of questions they're gonna throw at you. Um, you know, there's always the right answer, and then there's the vendor's answer, and yeah. you have to have an understanding of how to differentiate that yeah. sometimes. So how do you pick these certifications that you've done? Is it your employer says, we need this, or do you just kind of go, eh, that would be kind of cool? Like, how do you? Yeah, I think um, the Microsoft one, anybody getting into IT, yeah. um, if they don't want to do the CompTIA stuff, that's the route I would recommend is an MCSE. Yeah. Um, the reason why is that the services that you know are covered in that uh, certification, yeah. um, it's kind of a broad knowledge. So it's not just to Microsoft, but it's to, a lot of other, um, you know, Active Directory, and you have you have other options, whether it's with Mac or with Linux, you know, those options. Um, but it, conceptually, it's the same. Yeah. So you, you can take that knowledge uh, a little bit outside of the scope of just Microsoft as well. Makes sense. So it's a good foundation. So you got all the certifications, and it seems like though you've bounced around like with your jobs a lot. And now, again, back we were talking about this before, but like you know, back in the '90s, especially with IT people, you could bounce around every six months, and that's just how it was. But you know, eh, we're getting to 2016. At least for me, it seems a little, a little nervous, like with bouncing around to so many jobs. Has that been an issue for you now? Like you don't normally see that with IT folks, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So um, I have had uh, recruiters, and I've had interviews where they would ask me about you know the longevity of. Uh, company that I've been to. Yeah. Um, I think there's two parts to it. Uh, when you interview, you want to position yourself uh, so well that they can't afford not to hire you. Hmm. And okay. Okay. it seems like a very uh, strong mentality to have. Yeah. Um, but these companies are very competitive in hiring good talent, yeah. and especially talent that, um, that they can see grow, continue to grow into that position. Okay. Um, and that's where I think that uh, they've been a little, maybe a little uh, lax on, uh, on them, uh, you know, looking at those parts. If you want to call them weaknesses, you know, yeah. that uh, on my resume, um, because they see that the potential that they could get out, even in a year and a half, should be really good. Do you think? Do you get a benefit? Like with all these jobs, has that been around around this particular area? Mm -hmm. So, do you think you get a benefit for? Like, do you think somebody could have your type of career in someplace else? I don't know, Alabama or Louisiana, it, or is this something kind of special? Like, you're just in a really good tech area. So I, I think it's important to be in the right environment, and yeah. and you know that being in, in a place like Raleigh Durham for technology is one of the best in the country right now. Really? really? Yeah. And I know, so you've got your college degree, right, in business. I am almost done. <laughs> almost, almost. Done. I have. Okay. Uh, I I did the balancing of uh, you know where's my time best spent, yeah. and certification you know for my career has been where where that time has been best spent. So, I'm six classes away. I yeah, do yeah. plan on finishing it, yeah. uh, but uh, really the certification is where my focus has been. So do you figure would you go on for your master's or MBA or any of that, or just once it's done? Once I'll do the MBA. Um, mm, okay. When I originally uh, chose the college that I went to, yeah. uh, I looked at what the uh, end result would be with the MBA, and they had, uh, it was a 20 uh, course curriculum, hmm. but they would waive 10 of those classes if I got my bachelor's uh, through them as well. Hmm. And uh, it's a public school, uh, mm. ECU, so, uh, I can also take the first two years in the community college system. Huh. And um, even today, if I, if I added up the numbers today, I would be surprised 
if the total cost was over 25000 all the way from nothing through the MBA. Through the MBA? Yeah. Wow. But that's where I think it's important to know what that really long-term goal is ahead yeah. of time so you can make all the right decisions in, to get there uh, that much faster and, and more efficient. So with your military service and all that, I mean, have you found any, have you gotten any benefits from that, either like money for education or anything else? Has there been any veterans benefits or anything that you found useful for your Yeah, career? absolutely. The, yeah. Uh, the Montgomery GI Bill was something that I used for my uh, college okay. uh, to pay for that. What about the, uh, oh, I've talked with a lot of people in this whole post 9-11 college fund, is that what it's called? Did that, mm -hmm. did that help you out at all? Because that apparently like is supposed to pay for like everything. It's like almost the a blank check apparently. I'm not that familiar with it in yeah. that sense. Um, when I was in, uh, I signed up originally for the GI Bill, okay. and then um, they had a kicker that they added to it. So I paid yeah. or contributed uh, an additional amount yeah. and was able to get that um, additional uh, money. And it was significant. Uh, yeah. I would probably say maybe at least 25, 30% more total. Huh. And I think I paid three, $400 into that, and yeah. that was it to get that extra money. Interesting. Now, when you go and you uh, you get hired for job, or you're you're doing the interview process, have you noticed? Is there does there seem to be any preference for military? Do they seem to take that too much into account? I think if they're prior military, it definitely comes into play. Yeah. yeah. Um, but outside of it, uh, a lot of people have not had experience working with veterans. Hmm. Um, but I like to think that I've always left a uh, a, a great taste in their mouth afterwards. Uh, you know, when it comes to working with veterans. Yeah. Now, so you were working for NetApp, and we were talking about that before, where you took a little, a little uh, you said it was supposed to be a three-month contract with NetApp, and it ended up being about 10 months. So why did you take like, such a short contract with NetApp? I was counting on the experience that I was going to get with okay. that kind of company. Okay. Um, I had dealt mostly in the uh, small business uh, network and infrastructure side, you know, just regular physical servers, uh, that type of stuff. Maybe a little bit of virtualization, but mm -hmm. no more than... You know, I'd say two or three VMs on a box, uh, you know, small business server allowed us to do that. So you took it, so you're there for, you're just, you're going to do it for three months just to, just to get an idea of how NetApp works. Oh, absolutely. That. So yeah. um, taking that, I knew I was going to get into the data center yeah. and uh, it, it turned out so much better than what I ever could have expected okay. um, because the, uh, the group that I worked with, it was a multi-million dollar lab that I had at my disposal to learn. Wow. And, uh, and I did a great job there and they renewed my contract uh, yeah. and I was there for almost a year. Okay. So it, it worked out very well. I got trained you know, without having to buy equipment yeah. for that year and yeah. uh, you know, continue to develop my, uh, my skill set. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where I'm at where I'm at today. That's cool. So do you have any problems like transitioning like cultures? So since you, because they always talk about that with the modern technology jobs is, is find, a, find a company with a culture that you like. Mm -hmm. And so since you're bouncing, you know, it's one thing if you find a job and you just stick with it. But if you're bouncing to these different companies, do you, do you run into issues with the company culture at all? Or? Not anymore. Not um, <laughs> That's good. Why not anymore? <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, having experience working for different companies, yeah. you kind of learn to vet the, uh, the GM or whoever I'm going to be working for in the process. Yeah, okay. So I believe going into an interview, it's not a one-way conversation. I should be able to ask questions as well and make a decision yeah. uh, if this is the place that I want to work. Yeah, okay, interesting. So, and when you leave these jobs, are you always 
Do you always know where you're going next, or are you willing to leave a job before you know where you're going next? I, I, so there's, the number one rule is it's easy to get hired yeah. when you're already employed, and for two reasons. Yeah. One, the employer, that yeah. they see that somebody wants you, okay. yeah. and, uh, and the second part is, is you don't get rushed into a decision. You know, you get to continue to stay employed and, you know, you have that cash flow coming in. Yeah. Um, so you don't have an undue pressure of having to deal with, oh, I got to just take whatever job comes out first. Yeah, okay. And then, so you're, you're also a contributor at ASARockstar.com? Yes. Are you right? So, so what is it? Is that, is that like a blog? Is it's, that like it's a tech m- It's my or? attempt at a blog. It's your attempt. Oh, okay. uh, I don't have that many posts. It's something that I picked up you know, a couple years ago. I really like the Cisco ASA product. Okay. And yeah. um, it, the amount of knowledge now, uh, and originally when I wanted to write it, it was, yeah. okay, I'm going to learn this and I'm going to be forced to learn it out of necessity because I'm going to be writing about it. And that yeah. was the approach. Uh, but. I haven't. I really haven't gone back and uh, messed that much with it. Uh, yeah, but but I still, you know, I have other uh, articles out there that I have uh, contributed um, uh, with uh, certification specifically. Yeah. I've got a series that uh, that I've been working on. Oh, that's cool. So do you think? I mean, like, okay. So again, 2016. Do you think it's better if you're going to write to create your own blog or try to do guest posts for somebody else's blog? I think the guest posts, guest and, and the yeah. beauty of it is, is yeah. you can make a very small commitment. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is that you can also get paid to do it and not have to mm. do it for free. Okay, that works. So it's curious. So okay, so we'll talk about a little, little bit about TMW systems because you're talking about you've got the data center. Now, one of the curious things is, so you guys are using the FlexPod solutions. Yes. Um, so I've heard some very good things about FlexPod, and then I hear a lot of people have a stroke over the cost of FlexPod. Mm-hmm. Like how do you, how do you like FlexPod in the real world? Uh, I absolutely enjoy it uh, really? because of the how sound it is. Really? Uh, th- this is a you know top tier enterprise solution. Yeah. Um, it was developed and uh, put together. Guides were put together uh, by people much smarter than myself. And yeah, yeah. to be handed almost a playbook, uh, Cisco has these things called uh, CVDs. Okay. They're uh, Cisco verified designs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what they do is they collaborate you know, across all these major companies and uh, piece this thing together. Yeah. And basically they hand out two guides. One is the design guide, yeah. and then the other is the actual configuration guide. And they provide all the command line, you know, the 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 next next finish windows that you uh, may deal with on other uh, components. Okay. Um, but it makes it very simple. So, is there any ever discussion about not using FlexPod, or is that just that's the best way to go? I think um, you know we're coming up on a refresh uh, yeah. in, in our uh, division, so we're going to look at other vendors. You have to because yeah, yeah. if if you just think you're going to continue on the same path. Technology changes so fast. Um, Things get cheaper, performance gets better, uh, footprints get smaller, and you want to take advantage of that, uh, you know, with maybe a new vendor. Hmm. So what, like for for a data center like yours, like approximately, like what's your refresh cycle? How often do you chuck the old servers? Uh, Three years. Three years. So you're still on three years. Yeah, we're, we're pretty good with that. Okay. And so, okay, so you've got the two data centers, and you say it's active, and one's active and one's standby. Does that actually mean, so Nashville, right, is where the other one is? Yes. So does that mean one is just sitting there in case this one gets wiped out by a tsunami, or how, how, does, how does that work for your data centers? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay. So it's a warm site. We replicate 
all the VMs over to that site yeah. and they, uh, they're just sitting there on the storage ready to be uh, uh, spun up uh, should we see a catastrophic failure mm -hmm. you know, at our primary site. So, because it's kind of far away, so we're Durham and Nashville, I don't know how far that is distance. Because I was told the interesting thing with virtualization nowadays and high availability is if you can keep the latency apparently like under 50 milliseconds, mm -hmm. you can actually have high availability between entire data centers. Mm -hmm. Have they looked at that or is this just, this is just already what they own and so that's what they're, they're with? I'll, I'll say that the existing equipment would yeah. not support that. Uh, there, there's a couple, when you get into uh, redundant data center design, yeah. we have what we call a, a metro design which is allows you to be in close enough proximity to do asynchronous replication. Okay. Uh, meaning that whatever's written on the one storage uh, is gonna get written at the same time to the other. So your uh, uh, what we call RPO, yeah, yeah. your reco recovery point objective is gonna be zero. You okay. don't wanna lose any data at all should you have to, to cut over. Yeah. Um, that's a very expensive solution. Yeah. Um, on getting further distances, it's gonna have to be an asynchronous uh, synchronization so um, you know it's it's not going to be in real time so we yeah. choose uh, windows uh, of copying that data over based on our SLA yeah. and you know we promised the client no more than a 24-hour loss of data hmm. um, but we actually uh, you know provide even better than that we're at eight hours right now oh, uh, for okay. a client Oh, so that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. So, so how long does it take to, to take your Nashville site and actually get it online if something catastrophic did happen here? Um, I would guess about an hour, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. two at the most. Um, you know, I do uh, uh, copied configs. So my uh, network infrastructure uh, here at the primary site is going to be the same at the, the Nashville site. And so because it's already you know, spun up, I think the only thing we'd really contend with is going to be DNS. And updating that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I wonder how long that would take. Okay. Yeah. But if they, um, if they, you know, clear if they point their DNS uh, to pick up our domain uh, yeah. off of our DNS servers, it would be immediate, and there mm -hmm. wouldn't be any downtime. Interesting. So then you're also saying that you use, so you use VMware and you use Citrix within your environment. Mm -hmm. So that's curious. So what's, why do you use both of them? Like what's the benefit of VMware? What's the benefit of Citrix if you're looking at virtualization? Yeah, so uh, they, they both um, fill a different capacity in our infrastructure. Okay. Uh, VMware is our um, virtualization across for all the servers and the VMs. Okay. And uh, what Citrix does for us is we use the uh, Zen app product where it allows us to basically create a uh, remote session from an end user, you know, across the internet into our data center and just get the application uh, presented to them. Oh, I see, so that's it. Huh, interesting. That's cool. So do you figure, so you, you figure you're gonna be with this company for a little bit while longer, right? Absolutely, you, you I, I am having a blast. You're having a blast? Yes. Really? So what's a culture, like something like TMW Systems? Do you have beer on tap? Do you have ping pong tables? <laughs> like like what, what, what makes it so that you're having a blast there? Uh, I think it's the group I work with. Um, yeah. When you're around people who are as excited about technology as you are, yeah. uh, that's, that's a big, big piece of it. Yeah. Um, no, I don't have uh, beer on Fridays anymore like I did at NetApp, <laughs> and I absolutely enjoyed that. But, uh, you know, we are, um, we're a very professional team, but we, we do have uh, some uh, after hours uh, stuff that we, you know, there's so many great places around here that you can go to. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, so it's easy enough to, to go hang out with the guys, so to speak. That's cool. 
So then what do you figure, like, what do you think the next 10 years of your career is going to look like? So like, what, what do you, what do you, what, what's, where, what direction are you going in? Um, I think I'm going to be focusing, I can't speak specifically to technologies because that can easily change down the road. But yeah. I think what I'm going to focus on um, is just getting into uh, larger infrastructures, managing, you know, maybe to the point of a couple dozen data centers. That yeah. would be my goal. Like who, like what companies would have a couple of dozen data centers? Like, do you know? Like, there's very few. There so uh, <laughs> okay. specifically, I would say, you know, places like Amazon or yeah. Rackspace, you know, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, those, uh, you know, companies, they have uh, very, very large infrastructures. So like with you where you're at now, do you like start schmoozing with them? Like how do you start schmoozing with them to get into a company like that? Or um, do you just, your, your resume will be good enough to get you in? I don't think it will be. Uh, I don't <laughs> think it is for anybody. I think that you have to, networking is a very uh, important part of really continuing to climb. Yeah. Um, so I do know um, a couple of people that already work at those companies. Okay. Uh, and I knew them prior to them going to those companies. So okay. what I would do is, um, you know, I would leverage my social media, my yeah. LinkedIn particularly, reach out to them and say, hey, here's uh, what I'm doing today. I'm interested in understanding what you need, immediate needs you may see are there. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, focus on those technologies that they may be using, learning those, and, yeah. and then uh, go interview. Do you think for like that kind of job, do you figure you'd have to relocate? Like, are there companies, like, do you think you'd actually be able to stay here if you went to a company like that, like Rackspace or whatever? I think as you, when you uh, get into a very dispersed infrastructure, the yeah. expectation is, is that you can manage it remotely. Hmm. So I actually, you know, I, I do know a couple, um, particularly uh, there's a gentleman uh, named uh, Russ White, and I've okay. uh, read a couple of his uh, architecture books. Yeah. He uh, recently took a job for LinkedIn. Okay. But he lives uh, on the coast of uh, North Carolina. Oh, really? So uh, it's, it's definitely uh, possible. I won't say that there's no travel uh, yeah, involved, yeah. but yeah. you know, it's, uh, it gives you even more flexibility. Huh, that's interesting. So now, like, getting to be where, where we're at now, if you, if you had a kid and they were going to go out in the world, they're 18 and 19 years old, like what, what do you think, what technology would you say that they should focus on now? What's, what's the, the sexy thing that you think is actually going to be valuable in the next five or ten years? Um, if it's specifically networking, yeah. um, I would say focusing on uh, the, the fabric type of technologies. Okay. Uh, we're really starting to see that with, and really the two big players that I see are Cisco ACI and the VMware NSX. Okay. Um, but uh, OpenStack is another very... Um, Merging uh, technology, okay. and uh, and I think that uh, you know anywhere of those three, you couldn't go wrong. Okay, and then how do you think they should try try to get there? Like if you're starting out now, do you go for just straight for the certifications? Do you go for a college degree? Do you just get your foot mm -hmm. in the door with whoever will take you? Like what do you figure? I think um, the biggest benefit with certification. Um, there, there's an immediate uh, return on investment, in my opinion. I mean, if you get a certification yeah. and now you have it on your resume, now you can leverage that you know, to uh, interview for a position. And I guess the final thing then, so, you know, I mean, back in the day, like I said, I served in the Army, as I always say, in the mid-90s. <laughs> and so, I mean, we were always told, you know, when I was growing up, if you don't know what the hell to do, go into the military because it'll be good for you and will help you out in life. 
Um, would you would you advise that? I mean, if somebody wants to get into technology, isn't really sure how to, would you advise to go into the military at this point? Um, I think that um, if they're able to get the uh, job designation yeah. in that, yeah. that can be very valuable, okay. absolutely, because you're going to get um, a lot of experience and a lot of opportunity. Uh, the military wants to see their engineers certified, okay. and they'll pay for it. They'll pay for you to go to classes. So, okay. you know, class three, five thousand dollars. You know, sometimes more. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I personally, the only class I've taken uh, was VMware's because I was required to. Huh. Um, but I was fortunate that the business I worked for was able to get a grant for that money uh, because of the uh, area that uh, that our company was uh, operating in. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Is there any, is like, is there any final advice you'd give the, the people at home about, you know, trying to get into data centers or any just general advice you'd give? Yeah, I tell them uh, definitely stay focused. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, know what your objective is. Very similar to military, you know what your mission is, and anything that detracts from you reaching that goal, yeah. avoid it. <laughs> well, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. All right. Well, it's good talking to you today. Absolutely. So uh, this was uh, Fred Farrell, Network and Infrastructure Engineer at TMW Systems. Yet another interview talking about the real world of technology and how you can get into it.